Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. Live the life you love. Erica Cummings' guest this episode coaches high-achieving women to master their mindset. Meg Burton-Tudman weaves coaching, Reiki, and meditation into a program that allows women to be authentic and enjoy the life they have created. Now, Erica, among other things, Meg's holistic approach also asks how fully engaged you are in your life. Thanks, Patrice, and welcome, everyone. Especially thank you to Meg for joining us today. In previous podcasts, we have highlighted the importance of nurturing the eight dimensions of a woman's strength. And today, we're excited to focus our attention on our emotional strength and well-being. Meg and I met a few years back and really connected in our alignment and our dedication to helping high-achieving women be their best selves. Meg, welcome. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. Can you give us a little bit of background on your practice and your experience? Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I am on a mission to support women in honoring their highest selves. And as Patrice mentioned, I do that through coaching, writing, and speaking. My specialty right now is holistic coaching for superwomen or high-achieving women, as you call them, one in the same for sure, empowering them to align their mind, body, and soul so that they can live a life that they love. And I weave mindset, meditation, yoga, as well as Reiki into online coaching programs, wellness articles, workshops, and corporate events. And I've been on both sides. I've been on the corporate side and now the entrepreneur side. And so I've seen exactly what these super women are experiencing and I've experienced it myself. And I know that there's another way. So I absolutely love all of the pillars that you are guiding listeners through on this podcast. And I'm especially drawn to the emotional and well-being pillar because there is such a strong connection to mindset. And that is right in my wheelhouse, something I get really excited about chatting, chatting with you about. Absolutely. And I can speak from experience myself too that trying to keep our emotional selves and our mindset in check is hard on an On a normal day, I can't imagine what the last 18 months has been like for everybody listening. And here we go again into another school year. And it seems like maybe at least we're taking a step backwards a little bit from maybe perhaps where we would have wanted to be. So I think between just what we're juggling every day on top of what could potentially be an interesting next couple of months, this is certainly um, a perfect time to be discussing our mindset and how we can keep ourselves emotionally balanced. I totally agree. And I love that you use the word interesting next couple of months because (laughs) there are a litany of adjectives that you could have chosen and mindset plays a huge role in why you chose 
interesting above, you know, all of the other ones, some a lot more positive um, than others. Yeah. So our mindset is how we relate and how we respond to the world around us. So choosing to use the word interesting rather than like trying or terrible or, you know, unknown, all of which may be true. We don't know yet. They may be. Um, but the fact that you used interesting sets you up in such an empowered way because, okay, I'm going to be curious about this. I'm going to choose to see, you know, this is different. This is interesting. This is new. You know, we've never been down this road before, even though these last 18 <laughs> months, we feel like we're kind of on repeat. Yep. You know, it is still new. And so this impact that we have in, creating our reality by making conscious choices, that's where our power lies. And that's where mindset can really serve us well. Because again, how we choose to relate and how we choose to respond, regardless of what's happening around us. And you know, there's no denying that this pandemic has been challenging in many different ways. That being said, we can still show up fully. We can still continue to grow and even thrive, even when the circumstances are really difficult. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting because again, with the word interesting, because we, we do wake up in the morning and I can speak from experience that really how you treat yourself, right? When you wake up, how, how do we see ourselves in the mirror? How do we feel when we put our clothes on? How do we look at our day? It could be jam-packed with meetings and things to do for the kids. But if we look at it as, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a long day versus, okay, I can tackle this and I'm showing up today the best way I can. It really is shocking what a difference the outcome of the day is. And that is something that takes a while, I think, to understand that you really can control a lot of what goes on throughout your day, or at least how you react to it. Yes, I absolutely agree. And if you think about, you know, if your day starts off, let's say on the wrong foot, and that's what you're focused on, if you think back to those days, it's one thing after another. It's like one thing goes wrong, and then there's just this, you know, cascade of other events that seem to go wrong as well. And those days when, you know, something may go wrong, but you think, okay, that's not ideal, but I'm just going to reset and I'm, I'll move forward from here. Your day turns around. So it, we do have a lot of power to maybe not impact exactly what's happening around us, but we can certainly affect and and have control over how it impacts us and the impact that it has on us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this notion of self-worth because I see this a lot in my 20 years as an advisor, especially with women. We have what I consider to be money mindsets mm -hmm. and those mindsets were created along our entire life path. So they could have started from something we experienced as a child or how money was discussed in the household or perhaps not discussed in the household. And then maybe how you experienced your teenage years and then going into your 20s, how easy was it to get into the work world? And then obviously a lot of what we've experienced as we've been professional women raising our families. And that really does affect how we feel about ourselves. And I've often 
put the question out there, how much do we as women have to own in terms of our self-worth and how we show up, what we ask for, how much we're wishing to to achieve and how much we're willing to push the envelope and how much that kind of goes back to how we view ourselves and our self-worth. I love that so much. Yes. And that's such a powerful question. You know, how much of this am I willing to take responsibility for? And I think we have this amazing power to determine how we define ourselves and to engage with stories that really support our highest self, our truest self, our best self, however you want to define it. And many of us are telling ourselves stories that are one, not our own. So we maybe heard it growing up. And that's not a criticism of parents or caregivers or teachers or anything like that. It, it's just the nature of how things happen. Everybody's got their own values, their own story that they're telling themselves, which will impact the people around them. So sure. one thing to ask is, you know, is the story you're telling yourself, is this version of you, is it based on you today? And is it reflective of your own values and your own priorities and your own even interests and skills? Or is this a story that you heard from someone else? Or is it a story that um, somebody else close to you told themselves mm -hmm. you know, that really doesn't have anything to do with you? So while we are a product of all of the things in our environment, you know, what we were taught, what we learned... None of that is is right or wrong, but we do have this responsibility. We do have this ability to move forward with a different belief. So to start to recognize, here is what I bring to the table. Here are the skills and strengths that are unique to me, that nobody else, because nobody is me, right? And that's one of my superpowers. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is what I bring to the boardroom, to the committee, to the family, you know, to my friends, whatever it is. And you know, starting to use that information to, you know, charge a fair rate, to ask for the promotion, to ask for the corner office, to set some boundaries that are going to allow you to thrive, right? So to say no when you really want to say no and to say yes when you really want to say yes. But sure. Just, right? Start yeah. to tune into what about me is true here? And what do I want to amplify? What do I want to transform? And, and what am I willing to do in order to get to that place? Now, have you noticed throughout your career that the older women get, not that we want to say older, let's say more experienced, mm -hmm. we, we become as we get older, do you find that it becomes easier for us to show up as our authentic selves? Or is it something that we can learn along the way or something that we can hone in as a skill earlier on? Because I certainly can say that I think it was around when I turned 40 that I really started to feel more confident. And it wasn't something where a light switch was, you know, just instantly changed things. But I can look back now being in my mid 40s and say, yeah, that was around the time where I felt like I could start to make decisions where I didn't care as much about what people thought. And I wasn't as, it was more about what was in and who really was important to me and whether or not I was compromising those values in my life. And, you know, I don't know that I would have come to that conclusion very early on because we're just striving to try and, and be successful. 
That's a great point. I think it's a combination of both. And, and I also think it depends on the individual. I don't think there's a tried and true. There certainly is something to be said for the more experience we have. There is, I think, an element of confidence that comes with that, that says, you know what? I really don't care anymore. You know, yeah, whether it's exactly. that I'm too tired or I just yeah. don't have the bandwidth or, you know, I've got enough belief in myself to know that somebody else's opinion of me really has nothing to do with me. It has all, all like everything to do with their perspective, their experiences, their beliefs. And I just happen to be in there, but it's not really reflective of me. Um, I also think part of it, you know, is the experience that you have along the way. So, you know, there may be some circumstances and in some situations where you're more willing to, you know, honor that boundary or say, it doesn't really matter what you know, other people think of this decision, I'm going to make it and move forward. So I think, you know, as we, as we grow and as we learn, and if we have a support system around us, that that can be really helpful in helping us to honor what we know to be best for us, which interestingly, we know all along, sometimes it's a really quiet voice and it's very easy to ignore. Um, I think especially when we are so laser focused on, you know, a particular thing, whether it's career advancement or anything else, it can be easy to lose sight of or ignore that intuition, but that's never going to steer us wrong. So if we can start to incorporate practices, right, that allow us to tune in and listen, we have all the answers. We know them. We know what, what we need. Yes. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. And I and I think too that in when we talk about the strengths and how much they're they're interchangeable, when we think about finances and emotions and how those two are are interchangeable, our mindset and and finance. You mentioned knowing to charge a fair rate and what we truly deserve. And I do feel that that's something as women we really need to focus on and be confident and not second guess ourselves because ultimately we have to think about what is the opportunity cost when we are sitting down with a client or we are deciding to take a promotion that might require more travel. What are we giving up? What potentially in our life is going to have less of our time? And what does that what does that mean? And we have to, I think, and please tell us how we can feel good about the fact that we should say, you know what? Yeah, I charge this and this is why I charge it and and be confident in that. Yes, I absolutely love that. There's a great quote um, that is something along the lines of every no is a yes to something else. And you could flip it. Every yes Ooh, is a no that. to something else, right? Isn't that powerful? Yes. And so when we think about, okay, I'm going to accept this or I'm going to charge a particular rate, you know, that's a, a yes to one thing and a no to something else. So to your point, if you're accepting the promotion and it's more travel, so maybe you're not with your kids as much. So So is there something that's going to be beneficial? Is there something you're going to want in return for that increase in travel so that 
it is worth it. And that, you know, maybe a number of different things, sometimes financial, but sometimes not, right? Just sometimes more along the lines of what's the work-life balance that I can achieve here? You know, I know a lot of us are working from home now, but is that an option? Could I have more flexible time so that I can, you know, be at my kids' games or join them at school for something or whatever the case may be? So looking at things creatively to say, yes, I want this and yes, I'm capable of delivering exactly what you know my company, my client, whoever it is needs, and then some. Yeah. And here's what it's going to take in order for me to show up fully for that part of my job, right? Because if I know in the back of my head that, let's say, my family is suffering because of this promotion, then I'm not going to be able to show up fully for my clients. And it's right. not sustainable. And nobody wins at that point, right? So. Yes knowing yourself well enough and taking time to figure out, okay, how how can I show up fully and have this work for me? How can I get creative? And I, I think that a lot of companies now are more willing mm-hmm. to look at that maybe than they were 10, 18 months plus. ago. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. I think we should take advantage of of the current environment, you know, in in terms of, I I think it's given us an acute opportunity to see that with flexibility, you still can get results. And, you know, that's a, that's a, a big lesson I think learned across the entire corporate structure that this notion of working from home does not equate to less work. Right. And especially for women, this, this notion of flexibility and hybrid work environments can really be a game changer for us in the long run. So I would say women take advantage of this, at least try and ask to see if, if there's something that can be done within, within the confines of your organization. Right. And I love that you said, try and ask. I think that we can't expect someone to offer, especially these un- seemingly unique or creative solutions. So if you have something you know, that your heart is telling you, this is what would really allow me to do my best, then ask for it. At worst case, they say no. Best case, they say, yeah, absolutely. And who else would benefit from this? You right, know? exactly. So, so yes. let it be that ripple effect. But you know, know that you bring value, you bring worth, that goes without saying. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is around that, that self-worth and that self-value piece. And so, you know, knowing to, or trying to at least take the risk and, and ask the question and, and see what happens from there. I love it. I love it. So hopefully we'll have a lot of risk takers after they listen today. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit because I love the it's a buzzword i would say the word self care especially for us women i think the last decade or so that's really been the focus and you when i were talking before we recorded today and i mentioned that there's a really nice spa locally that i had ventured to with my husband years ago for the first time and they had an option where they would draw a bath for you and have it set up when you came back from the restaurant so that you could have everything taken care of. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that is the most, that it's just the most ridiculous service. Why do I need someone to turn some water on and pour some bubble bath in? And fast forward to now, when I look at this big bathtub that I have in my bathroom that never gets used, and I think about one of the biggest obstacles is just, I've got a, it sounds so silly, but it's the notion of getting prepped. 
Mm-hmm. By the time I'm done, it's going to be 20 minutes. We may or may not have any more hot water left. And by the time I get in, I've got to get out. And it, you know, it's not even enjoyable anymore. And you really start to realize how some of these little things go a long way. But I think when we, and I'm maybe just speaking for myself, when I think of self-care, I think of things like a bath. I think of things like taking a yoga class. But especially for those that are listening that it's it's hard to find 5 minutes much mm-hmm. less an hour in a day what what does self care mean to you and how can we kind of master it and fit it in to where it is truly rejuvenating it's not something that we get to do once a year but it's something that we really should focus on on an ongoing basis Yes, absolutely. So I like to look at self-care as a series of choices that we make throughout every day. So to your point, it's not a once a year, you know, it's not the monthly, quarterly, annually, or every 10 year, you know, massage or trip or anything like that. It is, you know, a series of choices that we make with the intention of supporting our highest self. And the great part about self-care is that it is very bio-individual. What works for you is going to be the, what's going to be different than what works for me is going to be different than, you know, what works for any of the super women listening. And that's exactly how it should be. So it can be very unique and what works for you doesn't necessarily have to be what is, you know, currently reflected in pop culture or on social media or even in your peer group, right? So it's okay for it to be a practice, a choice, a decision that is unique to you as long as it works for you. So there's this great opportunity for us, and I would encourage everybody listening to start to experiment, start to test and then learn. I love this. This doesn't resonate so well with me. This works really well when I need like SOS, self-care, <laughs> you know, right, right now. Um, you know, or this is really great if I happen to have a longer period of time so that you start to create almost a toolbox of choices, of practices that you can call upon regularly, not just at the end of the day, not just, you know, when you have a day off, not just on the weekends, but every day throughout the day. And the bubble baths and the massage and yeah. everything like that are are great. There's yeah. a place for that. But I think the the trouble with things like that, to your point, is that they are a little bit more time consuming. So taking a deep breath can be a form of self-care, right? Having enough water throughout the day can be a form of self-care. Unclenching your jaw can be a form of self-care. And those don't take any time at all. So the things that you can start to weave in to your already, I'm sure, busy day are going to be so helpful. So I encourage everybody to to not discount the choices, the decisions that maybe only take you know, 60 seconds or less, because those can be really powerful. And those can sometimes be easier to be more consistent with than something else that maybe requires a longer chunk of time. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up about just taking a a 60 second breathing exercise. A few years back, I realized I was breathing wrong. So you don't realize that that when you breathe in, your stomach is supposed to go out and vice Mm -hmm. versa. And I started to, it was recommended that I, whenever I'm at a stoplight, yes. to just take as many 
deep breaths, count to eight, hold it in as possible. And it is remarkable. I hope everybody listening, because you can be driving and doing this. Just just make sure you're paying attention, but you, you just, it, it's really soothing. It makes a, it makes a huge difference. And I, my whole life I had been breathing incorrectly because yeah. I think we take such short breaths because we're always so quick and busy and, and moving all around that we just don't take a minute just to truly actually focus on the air coming in and going out, which speaks right to your passion for yoga too, and how important that is. Right. You're not alone in breathing incorrectly. I think <laughs> probably the majority of people are are not doing it in a way that really serves them well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think too, you know, attaching it to something you're already doing. So attaching the deep breathing to stopping at the stop sign is so empowering. One, it's easier to remember and two, you're already doing it. So it's not like, you know, you're you're missing or you have to not do something else, this can fit right in immediately. You know, I always say before you hop on your Zoom call, take a deep breath. Before you, you know, send an email or pick up the phone, go ahead and give yourself those eight seconds to take a deep cleansing breath, right? And when we think about it in terms of, you know, something less than 10 seconds, you have time for that. Like that's something that can fit in. Yeah. And to your point, the benefit of it far exceeds, you know, anything that you might have done differently in those 10 seconds. I I couldn't believe it. It was actually a game changer for me. And now I I utilize it a lot. Even when I am exercising, I realized that a lot of times I was, I was very short breath when I was exercising. And now when I really focus on when the exhale should be and when the inhale should be, it's, it's remarkable. Who would have thought that something that we don't even consciously do, I was doing Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the, uh, everyone listening on, on the, the podcast right now is probably thinking, okay, this is a, this is, this all makes sense. This is wonderful. And I want this to, cause it truly does make a huge, a huge difference in how your day plays out, how mm-hmm. you react to situations, how you react to conversations that you're having with the people in your lives. And I go back to how many negative, how many times we talk negatively to ourselves in our brain, just when we wake up in the morning, you know, how Mm -hmm. we feel in the morning. Did we sleep well? How do we look in the mirror? And I, I speak from experience when you go in the closet and you're not happy about what you're looking at right away before we even get in the car and go to work, we've put ourselves down potentially dozens of times. And Mm -hmm. so that alone to me is self-care, which does not require bathtubs or just, just knowing how to change the narrative because we would never speak to our daughters that way. We wouldn't speak to our friends that way in the morning. So what are, what are the things that we can do on a daily basis, no matter how busy we are in order Mm -hmm. to try and start the day off positively and, and try and maintain that regardless of what's going on around us. Sure. So here are a few that my clients find really helpful and and I've tested them all too. So <laughs> these aren't just, you know, arbitrary. These, you know, are things that super women are really finding helpful and that can again fit into what's already happening for you, you know, the abundance that you've already created. So cultivating moments 
moments to get out of your head and pause. So that goes right to your point about self-talk. Now, meditation is great for this. Journaling is great for this. You know, walking outside, breathing deeply, just doing something to pause that chatter that is constant for most of us in our mind. But if we can start to just quiet it down, the thoughts may still be coming, but we don't have to engage with them, right? We don't have to engage with each one. We can take those moments to get out of our head and pause. Um, Another one, and full disclosure, this is a tough one for most of us to swallow. It was definitely for me, taking responsibility for yourself. So where does your power lie? What are the decisions that you can make that are going to serve you best? And creating, you know, teachable moments. We talked a lot about moms and, you know, what they can do to take responsibility for themselves, figure out where their power lies and use that as a teachable moment for their kids. So, you know, when someone does something to us that is hurtful or when we experience a setback of some kind, our power lies not in replaying that situation over and over again. Our power lies not in, you know, talking down to ourselves and tearing ourselves apart, but rather our power lies in giving ourselves space for sure to process what happened and then to figure out, okay, how can I move forward from this? You know, this stung or this hurt or you know, this is a really difficult feeling. And yet I know that I have some power here so I can move forward from this. And, you know, giving yourself space to process that feeling and then again, move forward from there with some conscious actions, some inspired actions, maybe even some new beliefs about yourself that of course are positive and not negative. And knowing that modeled behavior can be so powerful, not only for your kids, but also for the other women around you. you know, sure. The more that we can do, right, to support ourselves, then that becomes the norm. And, you know, you're in an indirect way, empowering other women to start to make similar choices that allow them to show up fully, take care of themselves, and start making decisions that are helpful for them, that, that allow them to thrive. It's very interesting when when we talk because I think about what you just said, and it's so true that as, let's say, as a mother or as mentors for younger women around us, whether it's our nieces or younger coworkers, we think about the advice that we give them. So it's when my kids come home and they have a bad day, Mm -hmm. I tell them, let's acknowledge those feelings. Let's not, I try not to say, oh, it's no big deal. It'll be better tomorrow. Try to acknowledge them and also recognize that if as women, we have a hard time taking the personal space for ourselves because it's really hard for us to be selfish and say, you know what, I need to take time for myself. If we look at it as we are teaching them, like you said, it's a teachable moment. We are imparting on our children and the people around us that are looking to us for advice. We are imparting on them an incredible amount of tools to be able to be maybe not as old as we were when we figured this out (laughs) and be able to be a little bit more emotionally strong earlier on in life, then it becomes less about ourselves and more about our children. And sometimes that's that's that little edge we need so that we're not saying, oh, I'm taking self-care and I'm going to take some time to myself. 
no, what we're doing is also showing our kids how maybe they don't have to struggle as much with this for as long as perhaps some of us have. Yes, that's absolutely correct. It, it's a way of giving yourself permission. If you're finding it really hard to you know, take that time for yourself, that's a great way to frame it. You, know, you think about mindset, how am I going to frame the actions that I'm taking? How am I going to frame the you know, environment that I'm creating? I'm modeling behavior for people who are really important to me. I love it. Well, we are talking and could probably talk for hours and hours and hours, but I just wanted to make sure that we get the most out of our time. Is there anything else that we didn't cover? And I'm sure we're going to have you on again because we could just keep talking, but is there anything today that uh, we didn't cover that you just want to get out there? Sure. Thanks, Erica. I would love to come back and chat. Uh, And I'd welcome the opportunity to chat further with any of the women in the audience listening. So please reach out and know that you're not alone on this journey. And that's exactly what it is. You know, we take sometimes two steps forward and one step back. And and the one step back is not necessarily a bad thing because we've got all these new tools and skills that we can then use to continue moving forward. So uh, again, it is a journey and you're not on it alone. And I, again, would welcome the opportunity to to connect. So you can reach me at my website, which is megburtontudman.com or on LinkedIn. Meg Burton Tudman, or even on Instagram, my handle is Mindset Mastery with Meg. Thank you so much, Meg. And to all the listeners out there, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on our website, harmonyfinancialwellness.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Erica Cummings, and we're on Facebook by our team name. And you can always email me at erica.cummings at rbc.com. Meg, thank you so, so much. This emotional component of our strength, it is what drives us day in and day out. And there's such a huge connection between that and all of the other eight dimensions. I look forward to talking about all of them. And Meg, we look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Fantastic, thoughtful advice and insights. Meg, thank you so much. And thank you, Erica, for bringing Meg to your podcast. And all you listeners, follow or subscribe to Erica's A Strong Woman for Strong Women, and make sure you share this with friends, especially your women friends. They will appreciate it. Thank you for listening to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC.
RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional service provider.